Well, God bless you today. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're going to be embarking upon a whole new series of studies, a study that is thrilling to my heart. I think the crowning feature of the radio program and the years that I have been on the radio, on the air, and the study that we're going to begin is on the life of Christ. We're combining all of the synoptic gospels plus the fourth gospel, the gospel of John. We won't uh, be looking into the gospel of John much in the beginning, but as we approach uh, the end when Jesus is fast approaching uh, his arrest, trial, and crucifixion, then we'll, we'll be looking into the Gospel of John more. But I, I tell you, I am so excited. I'm so excited about this opportunity uh, to speak concerning the life of Christ, the, the Savior of the world, the one in whom many of us in this world love with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Hallelujah. And so we just want to thank the Lord Jesus, amen, for coming to us, taking upon himself the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and humbling himself, becoming obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. Praise God. Amen. To begin, I want to read a portion of Scripture. It's found in Mark chapter 12. We're going to be reading verses 28 through 34. I think this is very important as we open up this study on the life of Christ. Notice what Mark records. And one of the scribes came and heard them arguing and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? And Jesus answered, the foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Right, teacher, you have truly stated that he is one, and there is no one else besides him. And to love him with all of the heart and with all of the understanding and with all of the strength and to love one's neighbor as himself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one would venture to ask him any more questions. Notice what Jesus said to the scribe when the scribe answered, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. It's because Jesus said that no man can come unto me or can come unto my father unless my father which is in me. No man can come unto me unless my father which is in me draw him. And the reason the uh, Jesus said to the scribe, you're not far from the kingdom of God is because Jesus had yet to go to the cross. Amen. And so that question that Jesus asked the scribe needs to be answered by every human being born of woman. What are we going to do with Jesus? Now, many of us have already made decisions. We made a decision to love him, uh, to bow before him, to repent, to ask him to come into heart and life. 
And, and we yield to him today as Lord and Savior of the world. But we have to understand also that all of us, you, me, everyone born of woman, we were born on the wrong side of eternity. Of eternity. We we're all born in sin. Amen. When our mother f first conceived us, we were born in sin or in sin. But now due to God's abundant love and mercy towards us, he sent Jesus Christ, the remedy and the cure for our sinful nature. Nature. He is the infinite God man. Amen. And, and he wants to come and live not just among us, but to live in us and to show us the way to the Father God. It was Christ that took upon himself the punishment for our sin. He, being just, having no sin, was made to be sin for us. Amen. And the, 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 uh, the redemption that he secured through his death, burial, and resurrection, if we believe that and come to faith into that, then we'll come to peace with Jesus Christ. Right now, the world is at war against God. And we see what's going on in the streets today, the burning and the looting and the pillaging and the, the violence. All of that has its root. And the root is that mankind is in war and in rebellion against God. And the only way that we personally in this world is going to find peace is going to be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there's no other person who's appeared upon the scene of human history that has affected mankind in such a way that Jesus has. You know, I had a, a, a old Methodist pastor many, many years ago. River, Riverside Avenue United Methodist Church. And he said this. He said, no man can come face to face with Jesus Christ without being affected by him in some way. Either he will love him or hate him. Now, see, we who are of faith have come to love God and to love his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And have come to appreciate and, and covet the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But to those that are without, they have yet to answer the question, what are you going to do with Jesus Christ? To reject him is to hate him. To reject him is to reject God's record of his son and calling him himself a liar. But to those that love him, to those that have accepted God's record of his son and believe it. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ to us has become life and peace. So, Father, as we enter into this study of your word today, reveal yourself to us, Lord Jesus. And when I say reveal yourself to us, I'm talking about the length and the breadth and the depth and the height, the full dimension of you the second person of the Godhead, Savior and Lord, the one who calls us friends if we do those things that you command us to do. So, Father, uh, lay your hand, Holy Spirit, lay your hand upon this um, uh, session today, this radio program today, as we study the most important person in the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll give you thanks for that, Father, in Jesus' name.
All right, now we're going to begin with the introduction. This found, is found in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Notice uh, Luke writes this, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Do you surely believe uh, the Gospels of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe some of them? Listen, let, let me be honest with you. If you just believe some of the word, you actually believe none of it. Because when it comes to Jesus Christ, he is either absolute truth or he's a lie. He is absolutely the son of God or he is an imposter. Now, I believe absolutely who he is. And if you're listening to this radio program and you've received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you absolutely believe in the person of Christ. But now there are many, many in this world that are halted between two opinions and have yet to answer the question, what are you going to do with Jesus? Amen. Praise God. But notice that Luke wrote, he says, even as they delivered them unto us. Praise God. See, he's talking about the truth. He's talking about eyewitness truth that he now is beginning uh, to lay forth. Amen. In his wonderful gospel. Praise God. Amen. In verse three, it says, and it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first. Luke is writing with confidence and assurance. He says, I have perfect understanding of all things that I'm about to communicate to you. Now, and he talks about, and he says this, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. My ancestor that came over into this country from England many, many, many years ago, his name was Theophilus. Amen. Hallelujah. Friend of God. Friend of God. Are you a friend of God today? Amen. Do you love God today? Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse four, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things. See, that's why we look into the word of God, because it's in the word that faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you are uncertain about these things, then it's because you're not getting into the word of God. You're not studying these things out for yourself. You're not praying over the word. Lord, reveal truth to me. Reveal your heart to me as I read the scriptures. And I'm telling you, if you'll do that honesty, if honestly, if you'll do that with a hunger in your heart to know, I'm telling you the word of God, the very words will lift up out of the page of your Bible and speak to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because God's word is spirit and truth. His, his word is alive. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we're about to embark upon is the God's record of his son. Now, I know we have four different authors. We have Matthew, we have Mark, we have Luke, we have John. All of them inspired of God. Every one of them. The, the letters and the words and the sentences on the page of the Bible are inspired of God. This is, even though we're talking about and we're going we're gonna to collect all of the witnesses of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, still... All of it together is God's record of his son. Matthew is God's record of his son in one aspect. Mark, the same from another aspect. Luke, the same from another aspect. John, the same from another aspect. It's like they're looking. All four witnesses are looking at the mountain of God. They're looking at the mountain of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're just looking at it from a different direction. 
Maybe Matthew's looking at the north side and Mark the south side and and Luke the east side and and uh, John the west side. But they're all looking at the same mountain and all of that testimony together. Amen. You know, the Bible says this in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. God has given us four witnesses. Praise God to the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. So we expect to be instructed by the Holy Spirit today as we divide the word of truth. Praise God. All right. We're going to begin. We're going to begin with the with the birth of the one crying out into the wilderness. And now that's the forerunner, the one who is to come. Amen. We're going to begin Luke chapter one and verse five. Now, uh, in this section, this section one, uh, the, the birth, the infancy and the youth of the Lord Jesus, uh, we're going to be flipping back and forth between Matthew and between Luke, because these two gospels record the birth and the infancy and the youth of the Lord Jesus. But as we get beyond uh, the first two chapters of Matthew, the first two chapters of Luke, then what we'll have to do is we'll have to take the three Gospels uh, together and sometimes the four Gospels together and paraphrase uh, the scriptures. And I don't I I think we can do that without harming uh, the scripture at all. So we're in Luke chapter one, verse five. Notice it says in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it came about while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division. I'm reading from the New American Standard now. Verse 9, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Isn't it interesting that Zechariah, amen, he was chosen by lot. I tell you, God, God is in this behind the scenes. Amen. You can see his hand all over uh, the, the life of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. I'm talking about standing right next to him, <laughs> just a few feet away. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear gripped him. Well, wouldn't fear grip you? If all of a sudden here you are minding your own business and then an angel appears right next to you. Oh, I guess you would be, too. I know I would be. Praise God. Verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Notice that your petition has been heard. So what's Zacharias been praying about? He's been praying about having a child. Amen. Elizabeth has been praying that, too. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. Now, I would think that Elizabeth was doing more, or more of the praying than Zacharias. I don't know. I can't prove that. I just have a feeling. Amen. Because uh, for a Jewish woman not to have children is a reproach upon her. And of course, there were many Jewish men that were never married, that never had children. Jesus was never married. He never had a child. He never had a child. Amen. He has many, many brothers and sisters now. And God has many children through Jesus. 
Praise God. Spiritual children. Amen. Uh, verse 14. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will drink no wine or liquor. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 17 can be explained in one word that is revival. God is coming to revive his people to prepare them and get them ready for their Messiah. Verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Now, everything was going well with Zacharias until he opened up his big blab mouth. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Verse 19, and the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. Everything that God promises will be fulfilled in their proper time. Amen. Praise God. But we're going to have to believe them. Now, what did Zechariah do? Well, he opened up his mouth and out came doubt and unbelief. So what did Gabriel do? Gabriel shut his mouth. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I tell you, it does us good every now and then when we begin to whine and groan and moan for somebody to come along and say, hey, why don't you just shut your mouth and pray? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And so verse 21 says, and the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen in a vision in the temple. He had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And it came about when the days of his priestly service were ended that he went back home. And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you, this is such a tremendous, tremendous story. Amen. Now, John the Baptist was not did not have the same type of birth that Jesus uh, was born with. I mean, uh, John the Baptist was a man. He had the nature of sin in him, just like you and I do or did when we were born. Amen. But this man was separated from his mother's womb. And you'll find that throughout scriptures, that many men of God were separated unto God while they were in the womb. Praise God. Oh, what a tremendous thing. As a matter of fact, I think all of us, we could say that, that God separated us for him, for his will, for his purpose, while we were still in the womb. And many of us, like myself, it took us a while to realize that. All right. Now, this second section here, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. Now, we've had 
We've had the, the visitation of Elizabeth and Zacharias. And now here we're going to be looking at the visitation by Gabriel uh, to Mary. This is uh, Luke chapter one and uh, verse 26. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin. Now, I want you to notice how many times the word virgin is mentioned in this passage to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement. Now, let's let's go back here. Let's go back and let's look at this again. Now, we're in the sixth month. This is the sixth month of of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Gabriel is sent from God to Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man. In other words, she's been betrothed to Joseph. But she is not living with Joseph. They were living separate lives. Joseph now, he is about the business of preparing a home for his bride. There will come a day. Amen. Well, there would be the marriage uh, supper, the marriage celebration. And at the end of that celebration, that marriage will be consummated. But we're not we're not there yet. They have been betrothed and in all Jewish law, they are considered to be married, but not the marriage has not been consummated. That's very important for us to see that. And uh, he goes on, he says to a marriage engaged. Notice that engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. And this angel coming in. Notice that he comes in. Praise God. He appears just like it did to Zechariah. He appears to Mary and coming in said to her, hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, did you see that there? Number one, he'll be great. Number two, he'll be called the son of the most high. And number three, the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Wow. Praise God. And notice this verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Aren't you glad you're part of his kingdom? Praise God. You, I tell you what, if you're born again today, you are on the right side of eternity. Praise God. Amen. All is well with you. But now, if you haven't made a decision yet, if you don't know what you're going to do with Jesus, make sure you make, you make a decision. And please, please, please don't wind up at death on the wrong side of eternity. I wouldn't wish that on my, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Except for the devil, of course. Verse 34, and Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Third time. And the angel answered and said to her, now this is a legitimate question. This is a question of law. This is a question of holiness. Mary is a holy woman. 
She is a sanctified woman. She is a woman separated unto God, separated unto the law of Moses. And so what she's asking is perfectly legitimate. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Notice that, not come in you. Like some religions believe, you know, the Holy Spirit, God came down and had sex with Mary. That is. I'm sorry, I even mentioned it. It is it is such heretic, such heresy. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. We'll find out what that word means here in just a minute. And for that reason, the holy, notice that, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Now, there are, there are uh, religions that do not believe in original sin. The Jewish religion is one of them. They just don't believe. They, they believe man is, is come into this world pure. But they deny their own scriptures. You know, we need to read Psalm 51, where David said, In sin, my mother conceived me. And of course, the New Testament that says when Adam sinned, he passed that sin down from generation to generation. See, there is we are caught in original sin. It takes Jesus, his sacrifice and his blood to redeem us from that nature of sin. Praise God. Jesus is the only one that has this title or this nomenclature, if you can say that. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the son of God. Jesus at no time needed to be born again because he never sinned. Matter of fact, he said that to the Jews. He says, what sin can you condemn me for? None. They didn't have an answer for that because there is no sin. He is the spotless son of God. Amen. And in verse 36, Gabriel says this, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing. <laughs> nothing will be impossible with God. Notice that for nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that nothing is impossible with God? Jesus said that. He said with with man. Things may be impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And we can say that today, can't we? As we place our faith and all of our trust in our Savior, all things with God are possible. And then notice what Mary says here, and I guess we'll have to stop here. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, be it to me according to your word. Notice that. Behold, the bondslave of the Lord. She had already committed and, and consecrated her life to serve God all of her days. Amen. Do you want an answer from God? Do you want a visitation? Do you want a real visitation from the Holy Spirit? Amen. Well, then. Have that same type of consecration. Become a bond slave. Give everything you've got to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so this section is just a fulfillment of Isaiah seven fourteen. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Praise God. Now, this word overshadow, it's uh, from the uh, it's in the Greek. It's uh, episkiazo, and it means to cast a shade upon. It means to envelop with glory. 
It means to invest with supernatural influence. See, all of that happened upon Mary. Amen. Praise God. The Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, planted that holy child in the womb of Mary. Amen. Robertson says it's an envelopment like unto the Shekinah glory of God that shone down upon the mercy seat. Amen. And so this picture just perfectly represents the presence and the power of God which enveloped the Virgin Mary. This thing is holy of God, holy of God. Amen. And of course, Gabriel said this. He said, he'll be called the son of the most high and he'll be given the throne of David, his father. And he will reign over the house of Jacob and that in his reign, there will be no end. Let me tell you, if you're a friend of Jesus today, if you are a friend of Jesus today, you are on the right side of eternity. But if you're not, if you're halted between two opinions and you haven't made a decision for Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. To refuse to act is a denial. It's a rejection. So don't don't reject Christ. Don't deny him. Bow your knee today. Ask him to come into your heart and life. Amen. Just receive the love of God that's in Jesus Christ. And then you'll be on the right side of eternity. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today for your goodness, for your mercy, Lord. We just take to heart your word, Father God, and we act upon it. We love you, Jesus, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. And we love everyone within the sound of my voice. Father, that they with one heart will reach out to you and know, Lord, that you will supply their every need. And we give you thanks for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rb. TC86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life.